Good morning, scumbags. Oh, I love that. I love being able to say good morning. It makes me feel like I'm on an old-timey radio show. Uh, I'm not going to yell it out like Robin Williams, though, because uh, that man is much more talented at yelling out good morning than I am. But I'm just going to say it in my normal indoor voice. Plus, I'm recording this really late at night, sort of, so I don't want to wake people up. Even if I was recording this really early in the morning, I probably wouldn't want to wake people up because... You know, that's just being considerate. I have people who live above me. I don't want to tick them off. But it's me. It's Andrew Fantasia. Uh, and this is Bright Suns. This is our new morning show, our quarantine morning show. Because guess what? Being in quarantine sucks. Being in the midst of this whole thing sucks. It's a bummer. I get that. Everybody's bummed out. Nobody is sitting around right now being like, this is the greatest day of my life. Nobody. Everybody is bummed about what's going on in the world. Uh, and we want to take it upon ourselves because we have so many fans that we love. Uh, all of you listening to this, all of our Patreon subscribers, everybody out there. Uh, we love our fellow Star Wars homies, our fellow scumbags, and we wanted to, you know, spread the love and maybe give you something that you wake up in the morning and you listen to it and you hear the sultry sounds of my voice and of James's and Brock's and Aaron's and Rob's voices and you think, you know what? These guys just, uh, these guys are a good way to start the day. They made my day just a little bit more special than it normally would have been. Positivity. That's the magic word uh, of the day here. Positivity. We want to be positive, so what, that's what Bright Suns is all about, baby. We want to give you some positive vibes going into these quarantine mornings. Uh, and I uh, was asked by James. This, is, uh, this show is all James. This was all his brilliant idea. I'm not taking credit for any of it. James uh, came up with the idea of having Bright Suns as this morning show and he's pushing the positive stuff he's pushing all just the 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 bright sides of everything the silver linings of being a star wars fan and just just being a person because you know what being a person alive and well is pretty great um covid's notwithstanding so james asked me to do an episode of bright suns for you and i wanted to talk to you about something that i have been using to, um, you know, to pass the time away, to while the time away during uh, during this little unfortunate incident we find ourselves in. But in my downtime, I have uh, been doing what I usually do in, in my downtime, is entertaining myself with something. And uh, the past couple days, it has been board games, because I'm a big board game guy. I love board games. I've done a couple of Kickstarters, which is crazy, because Kickstarter board games are always enormous and expensive, and uh, they take a year to make. Uh, but my favorite board game of all time, Gloomhaven, was a Kickstarter board game. And that game, ooh, baby, I'm telling you, if you can get your hands on a copy of Gloomhaven, which you can find in, like, GameStops now and uh, other stores like that and, like, mainstream stores, Gloomhaven will last you years. I ain't kidding. It will last you years. There is years worth of stuff in Gloomhaven. And that's just one board game. Uh, I have a bunch because I, I love them so much, but I wanted to talk to you primarily not about the games I have, but about games I don't have, namely Star Wars board games, because this is kind of a Star Wars channel. Uh, and yeah, I know that might shock some people. That might piss off some people. I don't know. I don't own Star Wars board games. That's actually a lie. Um, I do own a couple. I don't have them here. I have them with my sort of older games that are kept in storage at my aunt's house because I have no room at my actual place. So my aunt is kind enough to let me store stuff in her basement. And I have a, a two copies of Star Wars Monopoly. I have an old one from, I want to say, 1997 or 8 uh, from Special Edition Times. It's an older Star Wars Monopoly. 
Uh, I remember Coruscant is Boardwalk. Coruscant is the biggest, most expensive property you can get. It's the Boardwalk. Uh, and Coruscant was a big deal because we were just seeing it for the first time in the special editions. So that was around that time. And then I have a beautiful copy called the Star Wars Saga edition of Monopoly that I got for my 18th birthday. Uh, and that was right after Revenge of the Sith. And that one uh, covers all six original movies. And there are, I think, eight pawns, eight characters you can be, and they all have different colored bases. Ooh, that was still to this day the most beautiful Monopoly set I have ever laid. Well, maybe not the most beautiful Monopoly set, but one of them. I think I had one of those special gold boxes of Star Wars Trivial Pursuit as well. I don't know if I have it anymore. Um, it came out right before Phantom Menace, so it was just the OT, but it had like a little bonus deck of 25 super special Phantom Menace questions where it's like, nobody knows the answers to this because that movie's not even out yet. But that's it. As far as Star Wars board games go, that's all I have. I used to have this other old one called Epic Duels, which was kind of fun, but very, very light and got kind of monotonous. So I don't think I have it anymore. I think I might have donated it to some kids. But today... I'm a fairly big board game geek. I do enjoy them. I don't have as many as some, you know, some board game collectors go crazy and they have like hundreds of games. I have maybe 20, uh, but they're all, you know, crazy, weird, um, like designer board games that you can't really find in a Walmart. These are ones you have to kind of hunt for. Uh, but those are the kinds I like. Now, Star Wars has been very fortunate in that the rights to Star Wars board games has been bought by a company called Fantasy Flight. And Fantasy Flight is essentially, they're like the Rolls Royce of designer board games. If you see a board game made by Fantasy Flight, you are getting like the most beautiful quality that you could possibly imagine in a board game. You're getting quality like cardboard. The cardboard is thicker and nicer. All the pieces are nice. All the artwork is always nice. Fantasy Flight is like, there's no other way to put it. They're the Rolls Royce of board games. And since they have acquired the Star Wars rights, I think they got the rights around the same time of the Disney buyout. Fantasy Flight has put out a bunch of Star Wars board games. A bun They have not been like EA. They've taken advantage of the fact that they own this license and they have put out so many games. And I don't own any of them, pretty much honestly, because none of them really have struck a chord with me where I'm like, yes, I want to drop $100 on this board game because designer board games get expensive and Fantasy Flight is the top of the line for designer board games so you're you're paying out the nose but you're getting you know good quality stuff it's just the games themselves have not really been up my alley because I'm just picky and weird but I am sure they are up plenty of people's alleys I'm sure they were successful uh, because they, they're all over the stores they've been making money Fantasy Flight's doing okay so I wanted to take this opportunity uh, to just talk to you a little bit about the Star Wars games that are available from Fantasy Flight that you can go out to any hobby store or any gaming store and buy right now, today, and you can play, and you're probably going to have a great time. So first, if you're into miniatures, uh, I think it's only fair that we start with the biggest and most successful one that they've made, which is Star Wars X-Wing. Uh, it's, it's just miniatures, ships, you know, beautiful-looking pre-painted ships, and they're gorgeous, and they have all these little components that come with them and little cards. And it's just X-Wings, and you move them around a table. Uh, there's no board. It's literally just miniatures on a table, and you use a measuring tape to decide how far they go. 
and they shoot at each other and that's it that's x-wing it's simple as a pimple but it's a big deal with collectors because they're always coming out with new ships every time we get a new movie or a new cartoon whatever they make new ship models for you to buy and those you buy a ship and it comes in a nice package and uh, it's got cards and it's got characters that come with it uh, so for example I think if you buy like the original base game you get I, I could be wrong but you get like two x-wings and two tie fighters I think I'm, I think that's how it goes uh, but then you know you can obviously go out and you can buy the Millennium Falcon you can buy I think you can buy the Outrider you can buy Slave One you can buy the Ghost. Once the sequel trilogy started coming out, you could get those First Order TIE Fighters with those, you know, striking little red stripes across them. They, they were just cranking out minis left, right, and center to the point where there's dozens of them now, maybe even hundreds. Uh, and X-Wing has sold, like, gangbusters to the point where they made, I don't even know if it's a sequel game or a spin-off game, but they made a game called Armada, Star Wars Armada, which is along the same vein as X-Wing, but it just has bigger ships. It's a bigger scale. So if you buy an X-Wing in X-Wing, it's probably like half the size of your cell phone. If you buy an X-Wing in Armada, because they use much, much bigger ships in Armada, they use those giant Star Destroyers and everything, the X-Wings are to scale with that. So an Armada X-Wing is much smaller than an X-Wing X-Wing. It's like teeny tiny. But in Armada, you can have, you know, Imperial Star Destroyers versus... Uh, the Rebel Transports and the Home One from Return of the Jedi or the Medical Frigate. You know, those all the big-ass ships are in Armada. So if that's more your style, if you're a Grand Admiral Thrawn kind of person and you want to stand on a bridge, be like, Commodore, shoot at them now. Go over here and turn left and then fire one cannon in this direction. If you want to be like Thrawn, Armada is definitely the game for you. But some miniatures players would much rather deal with people, with the boots on the ground folks, than with all the ships up in the air. So one of the more recent games Fantasy Flight has come out with is this uh, little game called Legion, Star Wars Legion. And plain and simple, this is just a miniatures game of Star Wars. Uh, so if you've ever seen people playing games like Warhammer, you know, when you go to like a hobby shop or like a Comic-Con and there's all these people packed up in the back room on this huge table full of like trees and mountains and crap like that and they're rolling like 20 dice each and moving little pieces around with with the uh, measuring tape that's a miniatures game and legion is one of those games and if you've ever been to a, a hobby store lately you've probably seen it because the box for miniatures is effing massive it is a huge box and i think the reason for that is because the miniatures are all very big and chunky and i think there's an atst in there so they needed to make the box big so that that ATST could be to scale with like Stormtroopers and Darth Vader and such. Uh, and the artwork on this box is beautiful. It's Darth Vader walking through a field, cutting fools down with his lightsaber. So if that floats your boat, if miniatures combat floats your boat, pick up Legion. Uh, you're probably going to pay more for Legion than any of the other games I mentioned today. I think last time I checked the price tag on that one in the store that I went to anyways, about $130 Canadian. It is not a cheap game but you're getting what you pay for. So if you like minis and all that tactical combat, check out Legion. You're probably going to have oodles of fun with it. And unlike the ship ones, unlike X-Wing and Armada, Legion's miniatures are not painted. They're all gray. So if you're a hobbyist who likes to paint, damn, son, like you're, you want to talk about ways to spend your time while you're in quarantine? That is probably the most time-consuming thing I can imagine 
uh, a game that it requires you to sort of piece together your pieces and paint them first. Every time I see like videos online of people painting, you know, hobbyists painting their minis, I'm just like, my God, that looks like so much work. I'm glad they're having fun doing it, but wow, that's a lot of work. So if, if painting is something that you're interested in, maybe Legion is a double whammy for you. Maybe it scratches the gaming itch and the Star Wars itch and the arts and crafts itch all in one go. Wow, I'm if if you're one of those people who that excites you, I'm so happy for you right now because that sounds like a golden opportunity. I wish that excited me. I wish I could paint and make things look good like that because I would be all over Legion. But if big giant table devouring miniatures games are a bit too extreme for you, maybe you got younger people in the house, maybe you want to play something a little lighter, a little less frenzied. Uh there's something called Star Wars Destiny and Star Wars Destiny is a dice building game uh, and I know what you're thinking dice building what the hell is that how does that even work uh, from what I gather uh, it's just a it's a combat game but instead of miniatures you have a, a dice pool a bunch of different dice and you roll them to do attacks and whatnot and you can upgrade your dice and you can always get better dice to buff up your characters and make them stronger because they all start out with weaker dice uh, and just like a lot of fantasy flights games this is a uh, collectible game you don't just buy one box and you have everything. You buy the main box, but then you have different characters. I think the main box comes with like Rey, Finn, Leia, Kylo Ren, Luke and Vader or something like that. I think it just comes with like a few basic characters. But, you know, I've gone to the store and I've seen a little tiny box where it's like, here's a booster pack for Star Wars Destiny and it's the Jin Erso box. And it's you get dice for Jin Urso and every character has like different colored dice and different little pieces and little powers and things like that. It looks like it's much more kid friendly than all the other ones too. Uh, much easier to sort of swallow the way it works and the way all the mechanics work. The dice are even really big and chunky. They're not tiny dice. They're big, fat, chunky dice. So if you have toddlers running around, they won't, you know, put one in their mouth and swallow them. I don't think they physically can. These are really big dice. But if that's something that sounds interesting to you, you know, taking characters and just chucking some dice around and having a good time, maybe Star Wars Destiny is more your scene. But that's still not all they got. They've got more. There is a game called Star Wars Rebellion. Now, Star Wars Rebellion really uh, caught my eye when it came out uh, because it bears a big resemblance to a game that I love. Uh, it might be like my second favorite board game of all time. It's a game called Twilight Imperium. And no, it's got nothing to do with vampires. Uh, it has to do with space lions and viruses and uh, starships. It's a big... just You know what? There's, there's no time to get into that here. If you want to know what I'm talking about, Look up Twilight Imperium and get ready to have your socks blown off because that is, oh, that is a beautiful game. Ah, oh, what a sexy, sexy game. But anyway, I'm getting off topic. Um, Star Wars Rebellion is uh, very similar uh, look-wise, uh, aesthetic-wise, to Twilight Imperium. But it's not. It's a very different game. And the main reason why Rebellion turned me off, why I was like, nah, Rebellion's not for me either, is because I play games most of the time on my own. I play them solo. I buy games knowing that I can play this game solo so it's worth the price because I don't have to wait till I have five friends over to play it. And especially if you're quarantining, you might not have people over. You might live by yourself or you might live with people who don't want to play board games with you. You should be able to have fun whenever you want on your own. And Rebellion is not built for that really because Rebellion is all about one player versus another player. It's literally about rebellion versus empire. 
the rebel character picks a planet in secret uh, and puts their base there. And the Imperial player's whole goal is to figure out which planet the base is on and blow it up. While the rebel's whole goal is to keep their base hidden and try to survive until uh, the rounds are over. So it's fun and it's a beautiful looking game and it utilizes a lot of Star Wars characters, which is nice. But I can't imagine a world where you're able to play this solo. And this is coming from me. This is coming from a guy who found a way to play Clue solo. But uh, Rebellion um, is a big, expensive board game that uh, probably... Even if you do find a way to do it solo, it's probably not very fun. So I don't think I would be dropping all that money on a game that I can only play when I have another person over. If you have another person over, though, maybe this sounds amazing to you, then pick up Rebellion because, my God, that game looks gorgeous. Then there's Star Wars Imperial Assault. And of all the ones that I'm about to talk about, this is the one that I think I came the closest to almost buying for myself. Imperial Assault is what's known as a dungeon crawl game. Uh, and what a dungeon crawl game is, it's uh, it's just a term for those really cliche games that you see everywhere where it's just a bunch of people, usually like a fighter and a rogue and a barbarian and what have you, making their way through a dungeon, fighting monsters and getting treasure, and that's it. Dungeon crawl games are everywhere. They're a dime a dozen. And what Imperial Assault did was it took the concept of a dungeon crawl and just slapped a shiny coat of Star Wars paint on top and the images speak for themselves because every piece of imagery that you can find for Star Wars Imperial Assault is just like you look at this game and you're like I need this in my life this is beautiful this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen it looks like Star Wars in a box it's everything I've ever wanted and I came real close to owning it but I decided against it because again it is a very expensive game Fantasy Flight does not make cheap games and at the end of the day it was just sort of like the whole concept of slapping the Star Wars theme on top. I felt that. I felt like this was just any old dungeon crawl just with stormtroopers instead of goblins. And that's if, if that's fine for you, great. I'm glad that's fine for you. Uh, I, I just found it was fine, but not fine enough to warrant paying that much money. Remember, I'm very cheap. So there's that too. But Imperial Assault has a beautiful looking setup. Uh, I think it's all fully cooperative. So you could play it on your own or with as many people as you're stuck with in isolation. And you're doing these missions. You're playing as these characters. And I believe your characters progress from game to game. So if you pick the Wookiee Warrior, you're playing as the Wookiee Warrior for a bunch of different scenarios. Like you don't just play one game and then pack it up and the next time you're somebody else uh so you are you're playing with that Wookiee warrior and you're leveling him up and you're giving him new cards and new abilities and the missions are all very from what i gather straightforward it's just you're a bunch of rebel-ish characters and it's like okay you're in this imperial base now go fight some stormtroopers and get to this computer and then the next mission is oh now you're in this imperial base go fight these stormtroopers it, it was it looked very basic like that even though the design was gorgeous the actual you know the the meat of the game was kind of stringy not particularly juicy meat at least for me i hope some of you are listening to this and thinking that this is the game you've been waiting for your whole life and i hope you run out and buy it cuz i want these games to succeed i i want these these fringy um, you know, designer board games to do well. I don't want um, Monopoly to literally have the Monopoly on board games. But Imperial Assault has many expansions too. It's got a Rogue One-ish expansion. It's got like a an Underworld expansion. So you 
you know, interact with like the Jabba characters and Bid Fortuna and Boba Fett and all that. There's a lot of expansions for Imperial Assault. It is done now, though. They're not making any more. So you could theoretically get everything and then you'd have the whole set and you don't have to worry about them chugging out more expansions for you to spend money on. Or you could say, well, they're done, so maybe they're going to move on to better things in the future. I don't know. I can't say what. Speaking of the future, though, the newest game they have made is less than a year old now. It came out last year, 2019. It is called Star Wars Outer Rim. And I got a chance to see this game in action firsthand at Star Wars Celebration Chicago 2019. I was there. I got to see some people play it. I didn't play it myself because uh, there were no free tables. So I just kind of stood by and watched uh, our buddy Josh from the Den Nerds got to play it, though. And he was telling me about his experience. This looks like the one I could get behind the most. But for me, it was also one of the least aesthetically pleasing games. It doesn't look as pretty and as shiny as Imperial Assault or Rebellion. So that turned me off. I know I sound so picky, but you just have to remember how expensive these games are and how, you know, I already have a lot of games on my shelf that I prefer. So I just kind of made the choice, well, I could buy this game, which Stormtroopers, which I love, but not the greatest game, or I could buy this game, with werewolves, which uh, I'm not a huge werewolf fan, you know, overall, but damn, the game is fun, so I'm gonna go with that one. That's sort of my mentality with buying board games. If I was rich, if I was, you know, a millionaire, I was loaded, oh yeah, I'd be buying all these Star Wars games in the blink of an eye, I wouldn't even think twice about it. But Outer Rim has a very cool feature where you are, you know, the name almost speaks for itself, you're one of these folks on the fringes, you're the Han Solos of the galaxy, you're the Landos, you're the Kiras, I think. You're the Dr. Aphra's. I know she's definitely a playable character. And the whole point of Outer Rim is you're running around the galaxy doing jobs, collecting bounties, dropping off shipments, smuggling things. You are living your best Han Solo life. Um, and you have to get the most, I think, money or the most victory points in order to win. Very straightforward kind of thing. You can play it solo a thousand percent. It is built for solo play, uh, but you can also play it with, I think, up to four people. And even if you're playing with other people, the, the nature of the game is such that you don't even necessarily need to interact with them for the entirety of the game. You could be off on Tatooine doing your own thing, and they could be circling Naboo, trying to collect a bounty on, you know, Sabe, the Queen's Handmaiden. It's very isolated gameplay. Uh, but you can interact with the others if you choose. So it has a lot of freedom to it. You can sort of play it in different ways depending on what you want to do. You want to be more interactive or you want to be more isolated. Outer Rim has got you covered. So it is definitely gameplay-wise one of the juiciest ones Fantasy Flight has put out. I just wish it was a little prettier. I'm shallow, I know. But again, some of you are going to hear this and think Outer Rim is the game for me. And if at least one of you thinks that and one of you goes and buys Outer Rim and has a great time with it, then I will feel happy knowing I have done my job right and helped you have a better day. And that's what Bright Suns is all about. So that was Star Wars board game talk. I hope uh, somebody was uh, enthralled by that. I hope somebody was inspired by that to go out and get a game. Actually, you know, I don't even have to go out anymore. We live in the future. We live in the future, man. We're the Jetsons. You can order one of these games online. Um, somebody will deliver it to your door, probably somebody wearing a hazmat suit, and then you go and greet them in your own hazmat suit, and then uh, they, they, it'll look like a Star Wars scene. You guys will be a couple of Vaders exchanging pleasantries, and then you'll shut your door and peel off all the rubber surrounding your body, and then peel off the cellophane surrounding the game, and have yourself a grand old time in the Star Wars galaxy uh, with cardboard and cards and chuck and dice. Ah, board games are so much fun. So I hope you guys um, enjoyed bright suns today and i hope you have an awesome day no matter what you're doing or no matter what you're not 
doing. Just remember, we're all in this together. We got your back. The force will be with you always. I'm Andrew Fantasia. See you guys soon. Hey scumbags, thanks for watching. Don't forget to give us a thumbs up on our video. As always, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, Rebel Scum Podcast, for all the latest videos.